welcome. So this is the uh, third part of the series called Free Your Mind. And the subtitle is Discovering Power Behind Romans 12.2. Now we're not just looking at Romans 12.2. I just felt that Romans 12.2 really you know, clarifies to not conform to the patterns of this world. And so today I'm going to talk a little bit about what worldly conformity actually looks like and what are those hints of what I call the worldly prisons. We've, there's different ways that we end up conforming to the patterns of the world. And First John 2 gives us some really powerful hints around that. And I, I want to preface this by, you know, saying being aware, you know, being aware of what those prisons are is a large part of the battle. And, and it's it's not appreciated. So the fact that you're listening this far it is is worth something. And we'll talk a little bit more about well, what is the cost of not doing it? And that that is where things do get tricky. So let's take a look at the first uh, John two fifteen through roughly seventeen. Let's take a look here. Okay. Um, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. Now, this, it should be really convicting. Like, we want to enjoy life, but we have to look at what of those things are coming of the world. And the challenge is he's just saying not to do them, even though he's aware that those are things that we want to do, but he's warning against those. And so it's it's one of those parts where, where Jesus is laying out, here's his warning, and he's not really saying, you know, because it's not that great or because it's in itself, there's some problems with it. He's implying that it is not to be in abiding with the will of God um, is sufficient. That should override the love of the world, the things of the world. But boy, that's hard, right? These aren't easy things to turn from. So there's three elements of it. There's lust of the flesh, of the eyes, and the pride of life. And those are three of the components that I call the worldly prisons. But doesn't that kind of sum up a lot of things that we consider good and desirable? Now, I understand that some people immediately go to loving the world is all the debauchery. So lust of the flesh is seen as sort of a, a a debased sort of thing that people want because of the language lust of the flesh. But but I, 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 I think things of the flesh include great food. Like our flesh desires things that taste really good. Our flesh likes very comfortable homes, likes traveling. 
Um, lust of the eyes loves beautiful food and fruit. It loves great scenery. It loves right. So, so those are things that are also of the world. Now, God resides in many of those things. We can often find God in them, but we can use and justify ourselves to fall in love with those things at the expense of God. Right? We we may in the desire to live in a gated community overlooking a beautiful scenery, turn our eyes away from children who are living in the streets or in trash. But God desires us to actually desire those things and to have a heart open for them and not turn them away and turn a blind eye and in fact blind ourselves in these things that are far more beautiful. The pride of life, it is the love of its own life, its comfort, its self it's self-satisfying, right? So to say that that's super easy to escape that is is not that easy. And this doesn't mean to become totally like anti-materialistic, but we do have to 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 explore that. This is a prison. Now, let's say we understand that it's a prison, and maybe we need to spend more time describing why it is a prison. Because the material comfort trap can be a prison, and and how you may wonder does it does it do that? Well, it, it becomes. I, I was listening to somebody talk about great addictions, and the very thing that you get addicted to is the thing that you need. So dopamine is this desire for something to trigger more dopamine, but when the the dopamine reaches such high levels then certain types of drugs are, are the only ones that are able to satisfy that and fulfill that. And so that ends up being you know, part of the problem. So let's say you know that this is a problem. And here's the dilemma. And I think Paul from Romans really says it very well. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And so even if consciously you said, you know, I'm going to turn off from those things, you, you, you'll probably likely do them anyway, as, as anybody would. And so I would say that a truly free mind not only knows what to do and what not to do, but is willfully able to do so. I would say even freely able to do so. And, and and I have met people like this, and there are moments in my own life where I do that. That, to me, is really how you overcome that, not by steel-arming yourselves. And there is some freedom in that, but there's those who are trapped in that. They literally are building prisons of comfort and walled gates around themselves, and, and, and that they have deceived themselves. And, and I want to start to frame it for you as... You can still be successful. You can still achieve those things of comfort, but they don't have the grip on you. I have met people who are supremely wealthy and they are free from it. And I've met people who are not wealthy, but wealthier than others, like this person I'll talk about below. And there's something trapped about his behavior and demeanor. So imagine you're a considered wealthy man, like this person I'm basing this on, definitely compared to your congregation, your job, is you manage billions of dollars. And so you are focused, your mind is a single question day in and day out. How do I make more money? Because ultimately that's how you're measured and paid. And some people have argued you can do 
any kind of job. God needs you in every job. And I would say, as a blanket statement, that's probably true. But each comes with its own costs. And what's your goal? And what's your intention? There are people who are surrounded by people who, even though their environment was they're thinking, how do I make more money? I've met them. It's not this person that I'm talking about. And, and they are, it is their ministry. They, they don't care about the money, even though they're amongst these, these, these traders and investment people. It is, he just, it's not important to this guy. His comfort is not his thing. He doesn't think in those ways. His life was not based on that. So then imagine you're a guy like this guy was, you're, you're, you're asked to speak to the congregation about generosity and your giving. And you, you're asked to do this because your total giving is higher than the rest of the congregation because you make so much more year after year. But then as a result, you believe you're generous because of this. And you think, well, I give this my tithe, my 10%. Even though, and it's more than the rest of the congregation, so you now have the Matthew effect in place. So you've now become a rich young ruler of your own goodness. But if you read the scriptures, it has a very different definition of what generosity is. The tithes can be used as your own get-out-of-jail-for-free card. You use the law to build it your own self to then encapsulate yourself in your own comfort. This does not end well. Now, the challenge is what are the costs of overlooking this prison? And they're not apparent in the world. And that's the reason why loving the world is a deadly prison, because you can blind yourself from Jesus' command and you won't actually determine whether you will experience him in eternity until that end. Now, I don't want people to get kind of worked up in the exact behaviors because we know it's not about behavior, but it truly is searching your hearts. Many people really actually prioritize mammon and then inside like, yeah, but I also got to fit this in and and be good and, and, and achieve goodness and God's going to help me be more wealthy. And they, they kind of go down this, this trap when you Put the world's first, you are in a prison. Your mind must get free. Doesn't mean you won't experience those. Like I said, I've met people multiple times more wealthy than this elder, and they don't think about it. Like they are free. Jesus is their center. And it just comes across. You, you could just tell they could not care, would not change their life. And you don't have to be a gross materialist to be this way. That's what makes it so deadly. It's just blindness. And then the cracks start to show. In this case, is scriptural illiteracy. Right? One is caused by the other. And I think it's, it's I would say, when you have a thirst for the things of this world, it will cause and contribute to to scriptural literacy. Now you could say, if you had scriptural literacy, you can fall for those things as well. That's also true. The cost is the hardest thing to get your head wrapped around. And at the end of the day, if somebody doesn't really truly believe that the value is not God's hand in moving there in the material world, 
but it is God being with them. But because of what Jesus alone did to free yourself from that wrath and to enjoy his true love and have that grace. And if that isn't seen as worth far more than you are in a prison and, and, and there is not abundance in that life. And the illusion of that, the mirage, then becomes itself fulfilling prison. So, um, want to leave that with that about why I think the worldly prisons is one to wrestle with to truly free your mind. If you haven't heard the other other days, please make sure you go and check it. Go into show notes where you can ask me questions about how to do this, clarity on my communication on this. Um, you can check out the whole series by going into the show notes on Free Your Mind and sign up for the emails. The email will tell you how you can ask questions and I can answer them in this podcast. You'll also be able to read more about how, what I've written about this and continue to get notifications as I continue to build on this teaching lesson beyond the initial five days. All right. Hope to hear from you soon. Take care.